It's going to be a quarterback run up the middle. At the 10, at the 5, Murray dies for the end zone. And he's in for the touchdown. Got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and... Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Give Johnson up the middle. Gets leveled in the backfield by J.J. Watt. A tackle for a loss for Watt. Hello and welcome into another edition of Cardinals Corner. Tyler's already giving me this look because he knows what I'm about to do. For those who don't know, I I am a Arizona sports fan. I am a Phoenix Suns fan and we work at a company that also heavily invests and covers the Phoenix Suns and I'm sure you're here to get a reprieve from some Phoenix Suns content, which of course we're going to bring to you, but it's hard to not notice a noticeable mood on the ground more or less in this office between me and you like today like it's just sad the Suns just collapsed in game seven doing their best Kyler Murray and Cardinals wild card impersonation but in somehow an even more important game I mean Tyler can we not have nice things I mean obviously hey let's let's get on a positive note it's great to be back in the studio with you (laughs) but here's one thing and if you guys can't tell how bummed this guy is you can just hear it in his voice right now because it's not that normal eric ruby booming Dude, voice. it's, I, it's like, pretty mellow right now I, I i'm not gonna lie i am bummed i i think a word to put it like correctly is bummed and i'm trying to look at it in like a bittersweet way where like i'm very excited about the Cardinals season i'm very excited about this offseason but dude Nobody expected it to go this way, and so just showing up to work today and having it thrown in your face, I mean, everybody looks so depressed. Like, you look at people, and they give you this look in your eye, and then they shake their head, and they look in the ground, and I'm imagining, like, every Suns fan out there that knows other Suns fans, like, when you see each other today, you're doing the same thing. It's just that sigh and that head shake, and it's just... You know what? Let's just change the subject. Or, or, let's, just or, cha- let's just change the subject. This is sad, man. This or you is guys sad. are all are all texting each other, making sure they're okay. <laughs> Bro, none <laughs> of us are okay, man. Like we're not okay. Why would we be okay? This, oh god. Anyway, guys. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to snap out of it. I'm gonna try to bring myself together because we actually do have a good amount of news to talk about. We've got. Some coaching hires, not obviously head coach related, but it could impact the head coach. We've got an entire schedule. We have the NFL schedule out. I mean, we eventually got it after like a 12-hour release like special, <laughs> but we got the NFL schedule. We got the first three games. So we have kind of a good idea of this season coming up. I mean, now with the Suns in the past, like we really are now in Cardinals territory. And the thing that you and I wanted to talk about, Tyler are these coaching promotions. Obviously, the big one is the Cardinals promote wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson. That's like the big one, but there are a bunch of other offensive names that are also getting promoted, including former ASU quarterback Mike Bercovici. More or less, the offensive staff is a little bit more ingrained than they were a year before. What does this mean? Yeah, so for me, it just means they're giving some uh, other guys more responsibility to kind of maybe kickstart this offense in my personal opinion I mean Sean Jefferson getting moved to associate head coach uh getting promoted still going to work with the wide receivers but uh you know Cliff Kingsbury spoke very 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 highly of Sean Jefferson as just the guy that deserves to be in that role take over that role and then you get to the uh co-passing uh passing game coordinators and Cam Turner and Spencer Whipple which we saw some of Spencer Whipple's uh play calling in week six of this last year against the Cleveland Browns and you know he was pretty solid stepping up for Kingsbury when he had COVID so 
to be honest, I think these additions or these promotions are going to just help throw another wrinkle into that offense that was missing last year. Kingsbury even said it himself. Like, he's got to figure out how to game plan better, scheme with the guys he's got on the field, you know, i.e. DeAndre Hopkins. So I think getting Cam Turner, Spencer Whipple, a couple more minds in there that will actually, you know, maybe battle with them a little bit and get some more uh, diverse play calling in there is is definitely going to be a good thing moving forward. I just think multiple brainstorming, you know, put the brains together, get it done. Uh, you know, Cliff said it wasn't really going to change much of what he does, but I think uh, you don't give him a promotion if you're not going to have him do some more uh, some more responsibilities, get really get their feet wet. Right, yeah, this this is what Cliff said when asked about if his job is changing. Not a whole lot, you know. I think we've all gotten more comfortable um, hiding sacks, Cougs, those two, and um, everybody's roles expanded as we've all built that trust and, and everybody has a better feel of what we're trying to do offensively. So I think we'll just all kind of grow together and, and continue that process. But you have to imagine, Tyler, that that's just kind of like media speak. Of course, you're not going to go into details about how your job is going to change on an intricate level because that's not the type of details that you share with the media. But usually the way it goes in the world, not just in the NFL, if you promote people, if you give them new roles, that means they're going to be involved more. And one of the main critiques, one of the main takeaways from the end of last season, and yes, even Cliff Kingsbury himself said this, was they needed to scheme better. They just needed to do better. And you know how you do that. Like you said, you get different voices in there. No matter what profession you're in, if you are by yourself, making all the decisions by yourself, and you're not bouncing them off of anybody, they're probably not the best decisions that can be made. And there's no room for error this season. There's not. So what do you do? You lock up guys that you trust, that Cliff trusts, and you say, hey, I use this, I use this analogy on, on the radio a couple months ago after all of this collapse and whatnot happened. Cliff is driving a car right now. He's driving, but he's also trying to pull up the navigation on his apps at the same time. So he's typing in the address. He's looking at the road. He's driving with one hand. I know a lot more of you probably do that than you'd like to admit. (laughs) But now, Cliff is still driving. Like, you still are doing the important job. It is still on you to get from point A to point B safely and in the right way. But now, you've got Sean Jefferson in the passenger seat. And he's looking up the addresses. He's telling you where to turn. He's saying, oh, there's a crash up ahead. You might want to take this exit here instead of the next one. And then you got everybody else in the back. They're giving you snacks. They're cracking jokes. They're lightening the mood. They're just making the drive better. They've got the ox cord. they got the ox cord. So now instead of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury shuffling through his country music playlist and trying to find his way to the local tanning salon, like... <laughs> That was mean. Was that mean? I think that was mean. It, it, Kings of Leon, I think, would be the the ch- music choice for No, Cliff. well, he was at a country concert with I know, uh, but we've asked him. He's Steve a big Kahn. Kings of Leon fan. Oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe that's Both. why you need somebody in there to curate a playlist, <laughs> because he's got that music that's going back and forth. And, and look, okay, the moral of the story is Cliff Kingsbury's not alone in the car anymore. He's got some help. And while that still means that Cliff Kingsbury's driving the car... It means you're probably going to have a better chance of getting to your destination safely. Yeah, and I and I think just the collective effort of Cam Turner, Spencer Whipple, Sean Coogler, Cliff Kingsbury, like those are four minds coming together for the offense. And I think just get in get in the building, 
start putting things together, see what works, see what doesn't work, and and you know just adapt as you go. Because I think that's that's the biggest thing right now is how do we avoid that second half collapse at the beginning of the season because we don't have our best player on the field in DeAndre Hopkins. All right, so let's cut through the vagueness then because we're we're saying yes, these coaches are going to help scheming. These coaches are going to help diversifying the offense. How, Tyler? What do you look at with this offense? We can focus with D Hop. We can focus without D Hop. We could do both. But what needs to change? How do these minds need to be utilized? I mean, really, for me, it's it's about getting a guy like Rondell Moore past the line of scrimmage to make him an actually like an actual weapon past the line of scrimmage instead of doing these gadget plays with them. It's getting Marquise Brown into the system and into what works best for him and not only getting him on on all cylinders, but seeing what that does to A.J. Green and how he needs a number one guy to be effective. Like, he is a number two guy. Let's not put it pat. Like, he's not a number one guy. We saw that last year. But if you can get a guy like Marquise Brown to put up number one type numbers, that puts the onus away from A.J. Green a little bit more, and I think we could see him take another step. But it's only going to happen if they can get Marquise Brown to the level where they think they can get him like a little bit higher than that Baltimore Ravens tenure. It's not just, oh, you know, you need to find one new way to utilize Rondale Moore, right? You need to have like six or seven ways in your back pocket. So if they throw a different look at you defensively or you're in a different situation or you need to use him more because of an injury or whatever, you can't just say, okay, here's how we get Rondale Moore the ball a little bit in front of the line of scrimmage. You need to say, okay, here's every single possible way that yeah. we can utilize this player, not just Rondale Moore, but we can use him as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's how we utilize him in first and long, in first and ten, in second and long, in second and short. Like, you need to have literally a list of everything that you can do with all these different weapons. Because, yeah, you also have Trey McBride, who's looked good in rookie minicamp. You've got Zach Ertz, who, of course, is going to be good and be a good pass catcher. Like, you have so many different looks and schemes and options and whatnot to throw at people that would almost be a disservice to just have one person deciding who does what and when. And I know that's not always how an NFL team works. There's, Look, these guys had say last year. It's not like they had no say before. Now yeah. they have more... Like now that they had no say before, now they're just like, oh, wow, we have say for the first time. Mm-hmm. They just... They're, you have to imagine they're ingrained a lot more. Yeah. Despite what Cliff says. Yeah. They have... Yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's... The NFL is a results business, and you're not going to promote these guys to have them sit there and do the same thing that they did last year. I mean, these guys are going to have more on their plate. They're... I mean... Like I said earlier, they're going to test Cliff, I think, a little bit on what needs to be called and when it needs to be called. So I think it's a step forward. It's Obviously, I was one of the people that even said it. I think I didn't think it would be a bad thing to bring in an offensive coordinator or, or somebody to take off a lot of that work that Cliff has to take on as being the OC and the head coach, really. So uh, doing this is basically, I think... Remedying, remedying that with you know Kugler taking over the run game still, and then you've got Cam and Spencer doing the passing game. You said it's a results-based business, correct? It is. Well, Tyler, we got the schedule, the vaunted NFL schedule. Apparently, the biggest thing to ever happen in sports with the way that it's that it had been promoted, but. We have it. We have, I was about to say, all 16 games. That's just not true. It's 17 games, yep. which I still am not used to. Going 10 and 7 doesn't register in my mind. Like, how? 10 and 7? Yeah, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. Yep. But anyway, the main focus, and, and we will have a full episode. We're going to do an entire schedule breakdown 
I don't know if it'll be next episode, and if something doesn't happen, it'll probably be next episode, but sometime soon, we're going to go through every game of the season, give official predictions, break it down more in depth, but the main talk has been the gauntlet. That is the first three weeks of the season. Obviously, this is, again... Without DeAndre Hopkins, no DeAndre Hopkins for these games, your Arizona Cardinals open up the season at home against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, that's a really big first game. And like, Tyler, I can see you right now. You got your head in your hands, like... It feels like people have already given up the Cardinals starting the season 1-0. I haven't. I really haven't. Now, let me tell you why right here. And I might, you guys might all call me crazy. The Chiefs had to go through an offseason of change. Tyreek Hill's no longer there. What does that do to the chemistry of that team? I mean, we talked last year. I mean, last year, everybody was writing, them, writing the Cardinals off against the Titans and Derrick Henry, which, what happened then? They went in there and knocked them off big time. So... This one's at home. We know the struggles that they had last year at home. But there is a slight window of, I think this could happen, but it's really going to come down to how is this team going to look without D-Hop. Well, that's the thing. Of course they can win. It's really dumb to just say, oh, well, they're going to start the season 0-1 and there's nothing you could do about it. No, that's not the case. (laughs) It's just not. These are the same Chiefs that took a while to get into their winning ways last year. Remember, they started the season and people were saying, Oh my God, are the Chiefs not going to make the playoffs? And then they did. Obviously, we know what happened after that, but they did make the playoffs. So, first week, Kansas City Chiefs. Again, we will break down that game a little bit more. No DeAndre Hopkins, and of course, no Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs. On to Week 2, Tyler. Hmm. Week 2's got some juicy storylines, ain't it? Of course, so does Week 1. Patrick Mahomes, Cliff Kingsbury, college together, you know. But... Now we have some more recent ones. Yeah. As Chandler Jones and the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be hosting the Arizona Cardinals in week two. So Chandler Jones has a chance to put his stamp on the team that he just left very early in this season. I'm going to kind of ask a confidence level rating for you here, Tyler. What is your confidence level? What is you look you you hate me right? I can tell that you hate me right now with the look on your face. What is your confidence level that the Cardinals go into week 3 not sitting at 0 and 2? Like 1 out of 10 confidence level or what do we say? Yeah, let's like 1 is it'll never happen, 10 is I've never been more sure. Give me a middle of the road 5. That's higher than I thought. <laughs> so you're you're a level five confident that the Cardinals will pick up at least one. I think I I, I don't know why, but that Chiefs game, it, I keep looking at it, and I for some reason just feel like there is a good chance they could steal one, even though it's in their own backyard, really, and they got to steal one in their own backyard. But I really think that they could legit take one from the Chiefs. <sighs> it sucks because like I find myself getting in this cycle again of getting excited and optimistic and looking forward to things and I'm just like I I can see the vision of myself in the future I'm sitting on my couch and I'm looking at the Cardinal score and they're 
losing by 30 in week one. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. OK, look, I'm sorry for being cynical, but can you blame me right now? Like, can you really blame me for being cynical right now? Can you look at me and say, Eric, how could you? How could you not have a positive outlook on anything? Hit me up next week. I might be all sunshine and rainbows. But right now, my confidence level is like a two. It's like a two. Like, why Why on earth? Why on earth would I go into the season confident? You have to show me. You have to prove it to me. Yeah, that's You haven't true. proven anything, and you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you could put up a fight, and you could still lose, because these are two really good teams. That's true. We didn't even mention the Raiders have Devontae Adams now. That's true. <laughs> like, like these teams are actually loaded. <laughs> like, I get there's no Tyree kill on the Chiefs, but dude, are you kidding me? The Chiefs and the Raiders? And then we might as well get week three out of the way. Oh, here come the Los Angeles Rams, <laughs> the reigning Super Bowl champions who can spend a million dollars a day because they have fun doing it and they don't care about their draft picks. Here they come. They're coming here to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better after that. Yeah, I kind of got all that off my that chest. Was, that was a full, uh, full-on rant there, man. Uh, what, again, what do you expect? But anyway, the Los Angeles Rams come week three. Uh, that one is. Uh, is that the hardest game out of the three? After what we saw in that playoff, I would say that's in the minds of all of those players still. I mean, how can it not be? Exactly. So you've got to not only get over the fact that this team is legit and has Allen Robinson on there too. So like, I mean. Pfft. Good luck with that early, early game cornerbacks. But then, yeah, on top of that, you've got the uh, the memories of last year. So that's the one that I think is the more of a the mountain to climb of the three. And the thing that sucks about all of this is, like, I just want to focus on football, right? But you can't because obviously there was something mentally wrong with the Cardinals in that wild card game. Something affected them, and they yeah. played terribly. Again, much like another Arizona team that we saw in a do-or-die, must-win game. But now, why should I be confident that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are going to walk into home where they struggled all last season, take on the reigning Super Bowl champions, possibly starting the season 0-2, and not just completely buckle? How, how How am I supposed to expect that? You're supposed to expect that after seeing the first two games and maybe some, uh, I guess, some positives from them? I don't know. You could have positives from the game and still be 0-2. You could. You could. You could, man. It's 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 rough. I am, mean, am I am I being is, too negative right now? No, like I, mean, I need you to be not, Tyler. I need no. you to be real with me. I don't think you are because it's realistic for them to go 0-3 to start the season. Like, there's no like. I'm being a little more optimistic with week one. I'll be honest, but there is no like there is a very slim margin between going 0-3, one and two. Like I mean, so do they? Do they pick? Like, is there a chance they pick up two wins? I mean, if they're two and one at the end of the first three weeks stretch, everybody's going to forget everything. I promise you. We've all been talking about focus on the end of the season. They start two and one. We're going to wake up the next day. Every top story is going to be the Cardinals are back. We're going to come up here and we're going to podcast and we're going to be happy. And then they're going to they're going to go on and lose the three easy games after. And then they're going to go to Carolina and have a last season Carolina. game. I still get flashbacks to last season. Yeah, last season's Carolina game. I mean. Like, that's around the time that I got hired to start working here. And, like, my kind of introduction into working Cardinal season and whatnot, like, with Burns and Gambo and all that. And, man, I just remember the confidence level when they faced Carolina. Oh, yeah. And then Cam Newton, I'm back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> man. 
Okay, the first three games are a gauntlet. I, I think that word has accurately described the first three yes. games. Yep. I think we can both say it's realistic that they probably only pick up one win at if most. That, yeah. And it's probably week one against the Chiefs. I think so, yeah. And when the Chiefs are your best option out of your three that's games, a, that's, that's really, rough. really tough, man. <laughs> like that, like I'm not gonna lie, that's really tough. Yeah. But let's stick to your side, Tyler. Let's stick on the optimistic side. I'm gonna try my best here. I'm gonna put my big boy pants on and I'm gonna fight through it. Okay. And I'm gonna try let's see what you can to do. be optimistic. Let's see. Okay. Week four, like you said, the Carolina Panthers. Week five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Week six, on the road, against Drew Locke's Seattle Seahawks. Three and three? That's, yeah, I think so. I think they could. But it's, it's again no no diop for these games, but they're like the like the drop off level, and we can't forget the it's the Seattle Seahawks and weird things happen against that team but, in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, you got to think if if they're gonna the only way they're gonna be able to right the ship if they start out real rough, zero and three, one and two, whatever you want to say, is them going on a little bit of a streak to really kind of get back into things because the season's not lost if you start zero and three. But if you can't turn it around in weeks four, five, and six, then it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that you're not going to get back to where you were last year. Well, and it's tough because, like, yes, of course, like starting 0-2, starting 0-3, at the end of the day when it gets to January, it might not matter. But this team hasn't shown that fight, the fight out of the mud. And you know what? Maybe they got it this offseason. I'm not going to say that's out of the realm of possibility. But until I see it, I can't be confident. And we did put this question to the people about the first three games. AZ Cards Corner. You can go check it out on Twitter. We tweeted, what's the record going to look like heading into week four against Carolina? Your four options are 3-0, 2-1, 1-2, 0-3. Tyler, I don't know the last time you looked at the poll. Can you guess which one's leading? Uh, you know, I'm going to guess 1-2. Yep. 1-2 with 44%. Here's the thing, though. Two and one. 29%. Whoa. In second place. Okay. Winning record. In third place, 0 and 3, 18%, 9%. So I'm Say not three crazy. I'm not crazy. Apparently though. not. Apparently cool. I'm crazy. Cool. Um, for thinking that they might drop all three. I mean, 44 and 29%, pretty significant leaders for one and two, two and one. I guess it's just, it's just really hard to judge this team without seeing them play football. And that's, that's really like tough for us to say when we have an entire off season of coverage ahead of us but it's tough without seeing them actually play yep to see marquis hollywood brown actually out there contributing on the field hey maybe the chemistry between him and kyler is enough to spark this whole thing and i mean and and kingsbury said this himself that deandre hopkins coming back after week six who knows maybe it's a shot in the arm this team needs to kind of get that momentum for the second half of the season that they've just struggled with that Cliff struggled with since college. Yeah, if I'm keeping my optimistic hat on. Glass half full. Glass half full. Like, if there's any six games that you would want to miss DeAndre Hopkins, it's the first six games. Hey, you go 0-3. I mean, not that you're supposed to make excuses, but we didn't have arguably our best player on offense. Mm -hmm. The person that completely like crashed our season last year by not being healthy, we didn't have him. But now we get him back week. Like week seven. You present a newish looking offense once again he to gets everybody. The, yeah, he gets to watch the game from the side. Everybody's he gets to got see a how he fits in. Yep. The Cardinals are set up here 
to go into the end of the season feeling very strong one way or the other. Because the two realities, okay, there are three realities that this can go, right? You start bad, you come in and you end bad. Yep. Front to bad, bad season. Front to back, bad season. Front to bad, that'll work too. Front to, it's kind of a bar, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Front to bad. Um, then you've got, okay, we assume that they just go mediocre, right? One and two to start the season. DeAndre Hopkins comes back, everybody gets excited, and then they continue to be mediocre and everybody is sad and depressed. Yep. Or... They start off good, medium or bad, and then they end great. Yeah, They end like they looked at the beginning of last season. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the playoffs with a completely shifted mind frame than where we're at right now. But I think when we get to the playoffs, it's going to come back to, can this team look different than they were last year? Because we're all everybody's going to go back to that last playoff game. Tyler, it is Monday, May 16th, 10.54 a.m. And we're talking about the playoffs for playoffs. next year. Playoffs? Um, obviously, we're not like actually talking about the playoffs, but you kind of have to take the season and look at it at a, at a whole. I'll take Here we go. Perfect. Uh, here we go. Just so we can get the Suns talk back into here, because I know you want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the Suns. So they have this great regular season. Re- franchise wins regular season, only to go to the playoffs and flounder. What? And this is coming after last season's NBA Finals run. What was everybody waiting for this year was the playoffs for the Suns. So the Cardinals can do as great as they want to do in the regular season, but until they show everybody that they can go into a playoff game and actually be competent, that's everybody's going to go back to that wild card loss. Can I be honest with you, Tyler? Yep. I hate you. Okay. I cannot believe you said that. Hey, it, <laughs> no, it worked, okay, it worked look, well. Look, you're no, you're right. It's a great anal- it's a great analogy. Like I'm like I'm not mad at you for making a good comparison, but like I do this show standing up when you started breaking down the sun season, I literally like I I <laughs> you squatted under down. The table, yeah. Like I can't I physically cannot handle how awful this is. And I know that's like stupid and kind of immature, but like deal with it. Like like, like I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Like I'm sorry that this is affecting me. Um man, man, now you just got me thinking about basketball. I'm like spiraling, Tyler. <laughs> I'm spiraling right now. Like a football. Not a two a not a two of football though. You see no, that video? Oh yeah, not a two of football. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. I like. I'm just taking shots at people. I said Cliff needs to go to the tanning salon. Like, you're, I, you're pulling a Pat Bev this morning. Oh my god, man! I think I'm just deflecting all my sadness and all my pain. <laughs> all right, first six weeks, we've got starting it off Kansas City Chiefs. After that, you've got the Oakland Raiders. After that, you've got the Los Angeles Rams. Then you have the Carolina Panthers. And then you have Philadelphia Eagles. And ending off those six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins up in Seattle. Toll. Tyler, let's get the six-game prediction from you, and then let's head out of here, and then next time we come back, we're either going to be talking some Cardinals news, or we're going to be breaking down the full schedule. Perfect. All right. So first three games, they're going to steal one. I think they rattle off a three-gamer win streak, four and two after six. Gets the Valley hyped. Four and two after six. Four okay. And, yeah, four so, and two so, after six. So they win three in a row. DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins is coming back off of three straight wins. They keep rolling on that momentum and just keep on trucking. I think the Cardinals start 0-3. Okay. And then I think they win their next two. Okay. And people are like, see, you just got to get through the first three weeks, man. That's all you need. Just get through the first three weeks. And then they're going to go up north to Seattle. And they're going to be up like 21-7 to with 10 minutes left. 
And Drew Locke is going to lead a comeback, probably have a 70-yard touchdown to DK Metcalf. There's going to be a walk-off field goal, and the Seahawks are going to win 24-21, to and the Cardinals will be 2-4. and I thought you were going to tell me it was going to be like a 13-8 to game or something. Oh, God, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> Two field goals and a safety. Oh, there will be a safety, won't there? <laughs> of course. Oh. I, I'm I'm really spiraling right, man. Like I honest to God, you like you could ask me in like in like two and a half weeks, I might have them going six and zero. Like I don't know if this is just me in a depressive, negative state from the Suns, but okay. Well, how about this? The next time when we do a full look at the schedule, I'll I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll yeah, be I'll be more go. myself. So right now, what do you think? Right. Oh, right now it's zero and six. No, it's it's two and no, it's two and four. Okay. I, I think I think they're going to be two and four. Getting DeAndre Hopkins back. I think that they'll have two good performances. Honest, honestly, man, the game that I see them winning the most out of the first three is probably the Rams, just because that's how like this league works. I don't know the games that you don't expect them to win, they usually win. You know what I mean? Yeah. But look. We'll get into the full season. We'll get into absolutely everything you need to know about the Cardinals. If any other coaching moves happen, if any other player moves happen. Oh, do we want to mention um, uh, Kingsley Kiki real quick? I mean, it's a signing. Cardinals. Yeah, helps with the depth. Yeah. Helps with the line. Veteran, uh, a veteran presence there for the, for the young guys to kind of lean on. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a position that they needed to add to. Uh, we'll just we'll just have to see how it translate we'll, translates with him in the uh, in the fold. If you want to read about him, if you want to read about rookie minicamp, get some really cool details on on some of the rookies, their stories, where they came from, how excited they are to be in Arizona. Yeah, you can find all of that awesome stuff. A lot of it written by Tyler over on ArizonaSports.com. If you want to relive the Suns Game Seven and all the Suns coverage that that you want. You can find it over on ArizonaSports.com, you sick, sick person. <laughs> of course, you can, follow, you can follow Tyler on Twitter, at TDrake4Sports. You can follow the show at AZ Cards Corner. Follow Arizona Sports at AZ Sports. Find it on the website. You can follow me on Twitter at EricRuby987. Keep it with us, guys. It's Cardinal season now. We're going to try to be more positive. Tyler's here to keep me upbeat and to keep me happy. And hopefully, hopefully we make it to the season. And we've got a nice, fun, long football season ahead of us. So let's focus on that, shall we? So until next time, for Tyler Drake, I'm Eric Ruby. This has been AZ Cards Corner. We'll talk to you guys next time.